I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, today is a podcast all about mistakes. So, um, I've talked about wanting to do this podcast and I felt it was finally time to do it. So, I'm going to explain today why mistakes aren't as bad as you think they are. Uh, and talk a little bit about mistakes as part of the creative process. Okay, so... First and foremost, let's begin with with the most important lesson here, which is the fear of making a mistake is far greater than mistakes. That I think a lot of people are so worried about making a mistake that what they do is far more dangerous than the mistakes themselves. Um, And what that is, is when you are being creative, if you limit yourself because you want to make sure that you never make a mistake... You, you, you end up being so cautious that you never push any boundaries, that you never try to stretch yourself because part of making sure that you are within your boundaries of never making a mistake is staying away from the edges. And the edges, my friend, are where a lot of the awesome things happen. So part of what I wanted today is I'm going to walk you through what mistakes are, what they can do for you, and why you as a creative person need not be quite as afraid of them as maybe you are. Okay, so here's the first thing. Mistakes are the best teachers. Success does not teach well. What success does is success says, do it again. Success breeds repetition. That when something succeeds, you go, oh, that worked. I better do that again. And in fact, one of the most common mistakes that is made um, is people will do something, it's successful, and they att- because they don't know what made it successful, they just do everything again. And what they don't realize is the success was not all the individual choices, but the combination of the choices. And that, um, sometimes they'll call this a Seymour, uh, a sophomore, a Seymour, a sophomore slump. See, I make mistakes. During my mistake podcast, um, a sophomore slump, which is you do something and you kind of keep doing that thing and you get trapped inside what you think the thing is. Um, so what happens is people do something creative, gets, uh, there's a lot of uh, people like it. And then they continue doing the same thing because they want to not deviate too much from what they think people liked. But usually what they liked in the first place was that it was doing something different. For example, Richard made magic. We could have just said, okay, well, that's what it is. Let's Let's not deviate too much from where Richard's vision was. And we said, no, no, no. Richard's vision was it's a game that keeps reinventing itself. So we did things along the way that the game did not do originally. You know, we've done some things for people like, you can't do that. That, you can't print on the back of a magic card. You can't make it so you can cast a spell if you don't have any mana open. You can't, you know, you can't have two cards printed on one card. Like, we'll do things for people like, you just can't do that. That breaks some fundamental rule of how the game works. And the answer is that the magic is a game all about taking risks. And that if we had stopped taking risks... And that's one of my favorite quotes is, the greatest risk to magic is not taking risks. And you could actually, instead of magic, you could put in creative works. You know, the greatest greatest risk to any creative work is not taking risks. Um, And the reason for that is, risks are where the discoveries are found. And like I said, mistakes are the best teacher because when you do something correct, you just go, okay, how do I do this thing again? But when you do something wrong, when you taste failure... Um, that is a good teacher. That when something doesn't work, when something fails, when people don't like what you've done, it makes you have to look at yourself and figure out, what did I do? What did I do wrong? 
And one of the things is, after every creative endeavor, whenever it comes out, something that we do in R&D is, you should always creatively look at whatever you've done and explain what are your successes and what are your failures on everything. The problem is, when you're successful, you just have less impetus to do so. You're like, whoa, people liked it. Good. And the reality is, what you need to do every time is you need to figure out what was good and what was bad about everything you do. And I'll give you a secret here. Everything you do has good things and bad things. Take the best magic set we've ever done, it had bad things. Take the worst magic set we've ever done, it had good things. There's no such thing as something that's totally all bad or all good. The difference is, when you make a mistake, you kind of are forced to look at it. You can't sort of turn away from it, because the mistake sort of says, "Uh uh-oh, something went wrong. And then, you look inward to figure out what happened. And a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes lead to, like, for example, uh, just using magic as a history, um, a lot of, I think, the biggest jumps we've made in magic um, evolution have come as a result of doing something wrong. So, for example, as a personal, as a designer myself, Odyssey was one of the early sets I led, and I tried something really different with it, which is I decided to take the idea of card advantage and turn it on its ear. That, you know, usually in Magic, you want to be up on cards. The idea, you know, the idea of throwing away card advantage, you would never do that. It's not how Magic worked. And I said, you know what? I want to shake things up. What if we had a block where card advantage was on, turned on its ear, that you would throw away card advantage for, for a reason, and that you would do this thing that you would never normally do? Um, and what I learned from that was, I learned that you have to, you have to make people do things because they're, they're interested in doing them. That if you try to sort of get to the wheel, force them to do something they don't want to do, it just leads to a lot of frustration. And a lot of my growth as a designer came from doing something, committing to it, and then realizing, oh... I, I had done something that was a mistake. But had I not made that mistake, had I not sort of went against the grain, I would not have learned the lesson. And I think it was a very important lesson of design is understanding how you're not trying to fight your player. The goal is not to force them to do something they inherently don't want to do. That is a, that's where I learned my, my big lesson about don't fight human nature. That's really where I learned that lesson from. Um, or another example is during Time Spiral, we got really into just going to town, and we burrowed deep. But we burrowed so deep that we confused people, and we, we, we made a schism in, in magic we had never seen before, where, you know, normally we could track people playing in tournaments and how well the sales were doing. They went one for one. And all of a sudden, we made a set where tournaments were doing really well, but sales were not. And we're like, oh, what is going on? And we realized there's a whole segment of the audience that we were just unaware of um, because we had just been following this thing. And because they had been tracking together, we're like, oh, I guess, I guess that's how it works. And all of a sudden, we're like, wait a minute. This data is showing us something we do not understand, and it forced us to understand it. Um, and Time Spiral, plus the mistakes we made in Lorwyn, led us to New World Order. Led us to go, oh, we have to make sure we make an entry point for new players. That we can't make the... If we make the game too difficult, that we... If the barrier to entry is too high, when the people stop learning how to play, and the magic long-term is in trouble. And so, you know, the, it's, it's the existence of the mistakes that are the great discoveries. That, um... So, one of the, so lesson number one is, don't be afraid of mistakes. That doesn't mean your goal is to make mistakes, but don't be afraid of them. Be able to take risks knowing that mistakes might happen. Because it's in the risks that a lot of amazing things will happen. And if you're not willing to take the risks, you will... Like, the opportunity lost at not taking risks is way more dangerous than any mistake could be. That, you know, playing it safe is not the way to 
awesome creative endeavors. You know, that what makes creative things work is that you push boundaries. And, you know, magic in particular, we're all a game all about breaking our own rules, that if we're never willing to break a rule, if we're never willing to do something we haven't done before, you know, and one of the things I do all the time in design is I make things that I don't know if they'll work. You know, for example, um, in Innistrad, we were trying to figure out how to do werewolves, and Tom had suggested something that Duel Masters had done with double-faced cards. And I, if you'd asked me then and there whether I thought it would work, I probably wouldn't have thought it would work. You know, I was dubious. But you know what I said? Let's try it. Let's, let's push some boundaries and try it. I wasn't willing... I didn't want to write it off right away going, oh, we can't do that. I'm like, well, let's see if it's fun. If it's fun... That, 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 that's one of my biggest things in design is I'll say to my... During exploratory design and normal design, I say to my team, let's see if something is fun. Let's not worry about if we can do it yet. Let's not worry about if we can do it till after we know it's fun. Because if we know it's fun, we'll try to figure out how to make it happen. And if it's not fun, then we don't have to worry about it. You know, but the first thing I try to do is find cool and fun things. I don't worry about the logistics right off the bat. I mean, eventually I do. I have to worry about them eventually. You know, once I like something, I have to see if we can make it work. And sometimes you can't make it work. But before I even get there, I'm like, let's try to see if we can find the fun in it. Because the fun is what you're trying to, I mean, games, is what you're trying to add. You're trying to make awesome moments and cool things. Okay. Now, the other important thing about mistakes is mistakes will take you to places that you might not normally have gotten to. And like, like I said in my examples here, that I don't know without Odyssey that I, had, I would get to my, my sort of, uh, like I said, um, don't fight human nature has become my m- m- mantra as a designer of, of understand what, what your players want to do and make your game to play into what they want to do, not fight what they want to do. And that I would not have got there had not been for the mistake. You know, and sometimes, by the way, sometimes you make a mistake, and the mistake you make won't work, but it teaches you something and gives you a peek into some other area. You know, mistakes are often stepping stones for great ideas. And so another reason not to fear mistakes is sometimes mistakes get you to places that you wouldn't have gotten to had you not had the mistake in the first place. That one of the things that's really important about willing to push boundaries in, in design or any sort of creative area is that you want to discover the areas you haven't been to yet. You know, you want to find new patches, new veins of design. And part of that is you got to look at places you haven't looked before. You know, and that the safe and narrow path is to do what you've always done. That is the safe and narrow path. Because only by doing things you've already done do you assure yourself that you won't have a mistake. But if you're willing to brave the mistakes you tend to go out in new areas. And the other thing is, mistakes are not always mistakes. Mistakes can lead you new places. So, for example, the chocolate chip cookie, the post-it note, penicillin, the discovery of America. None of those were planned. None of those were on purpose. You know, the chocolate chip cookie, they were trying to make a chocolate cookie, and the pieces didn't melt. Post-it notes, they were making some kind of glue, and it ended up being too weak to work. Penicillin... I'm not sure what he was doing. He was trying to do something different and, and, you know, accidentally made penicillin. You know, America, they were trying to find India. You know, they weren't trying to... They were trying to find a route, you know, to the Far East. They weren't trying to find new land. In each case, though, these are amazing things that happen because sometimes when you're exploring and you make a mistake, you get to stand back and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't that bad. You know, this isn't that bad a mistake. Um... 
So another reason not to fear mistakes is sometimes mistakes aren't always mistakes. Sometimes mistakes turn out to be, um, can lead you to paths that you just don't go. You know, the mistakes sometimes, because one of the things about in general, about the creative process, I, I talk about this all the time, your brain wants to follow your normal neural pathways, that your brain will keep doing what it's done before. And I always talk about the way to, to not do that, to not have your brain go down the same path, is to shake it up a little bit. It's make it do something it's not used to doing. Well, you know what? That's the, if you're doing things you've never done before, you are more prone to mistakes. And so the reason... When I say to you, hey, do different neural pathways, you know, try different things, why don't people do that all the time? Because that is the way to mistakes. Doing something new, and, and let's be clear, mistakes come out of most of the time doing something you haven't done before. Now, you can make mistakes with things you've done before, it's not, not mistake-free, but you're more prone to make mistakes when you're dealing with areas you're not familiar with. Um, but the funny thing is, Dealing with areas you're not familiar with is a very important part of the creative process. And that you need to go there. You need to direct there. And you need to be willing to accept that mistakes will happen. Now, here's an important thing to understand about mistakes. Is your audience is, must, your audience is much more forgiving of mistakes than you, the artist, tend to be. That... Um, I think going in that your thought process is no mistake will be tolerated. If I make any mistake, it will be horrible. And the answer is the first time you make a mistake, your audience will learn with you. You know, when I make a mistake in magic, when I do something, it's not as if the audience gets mad at me. They go, oh, what's this new thing? Oh, that didn't quite work out the way we thought. But they, they like the fact that you're exploring. That the audience in general is willing to put up with, with mistakes because they enjoy the act of discovery from the artist. Now, what they tend to get upset with is not mistakes, but repeats of mistakes. Now, when I say they don't get mad at mistakes, I'm not saying nobody gets mad, but in general, your audience is much more forgiving of mistakes than you think. Um, what they're less forgiving of is you making the same mistake. You know, if you do something wrong and then do it wrong again, they're like, come on, you just did that. Didn't you learn from that? You know, they want you to learn from your mistake. Um, so one of my big examples is, in, in uh, college, I started an improvisational comedy troupe called Uncontrolled Substance. Um, so for those who don't know, what improv is, is you get up on stage, and you say to the audience, okay, give me whatever, give me a relationship, give me a place. Give, you get input from the audience, and then you make a scene there on the spot. So one of the things that's very scary about doing improvisation is, you have no script, you're, you're just making everything up. Um, and when I first started it, I thought, oh my God, this is going to be really hard to do because, you know, once you make a mistake, the audience will be on you. And what I found was the audience actually enjoyed the mistakes because they, it made you feel more human to the audience. They knew what you were doing was really hard to do. And that when an when occasional mistake peeked through, instead of it being something that was uh, negative to them, it kind of, they liked it. I mean... Once again, you didn't want to keep making the same mistake, but making a few mistakes, the audience was not only tolerant of the mistakes, but they, there was some expectation the mistakes would happen, you know? And that, I think that, the same I find true in magic, which is, when I go to a new area and do a new thing, the audience doesn't get mad at me for trying something new. Even if that something new ends up being a mistake. Um, in general, they go, oh, I'm, I'm excited that you tried new things. And that at the end of the big mistake, like, okay, well, we learned something from that. And they're not nearly as mad as, as I would assume. Because I think going into it, you think like the audience is like, they will, 
no mistakes are allowed. If I make any mistakes, it will be tragedy. You know? And the answer is that your audience is a lot more forgiving than I think you think they will be. And another reason to be less risk-averse is it's okay to make a mistake. That making a mistake is not the end of the world. You know? I mean, obviously you learn from it, but also it makes you, it makes you human. You know, it, that, I mean, you don't want to make tons of mistakes all the time, and I'm not saying that, that you shouldn't be careful with what you do, but there's a difference in the type of mistake. Um, the type of mistake that I think is much more accepted is you pushing boundaries to try something new because people appreciate you doing that. The mistake that's not tolerated is you make the same mistake you've made before, which is you didn't learn. That upsets people. Come on, haven't you learned? Didn't you learn your, didn't you learn your lesson? That's a very common thing. If we make a mistake and it's something that we've done before, that's what the audience is like, come on, didn't you learn your lesson? But if we make a mistake for the first time, the audience is like, oh, okay, I didn't see that coming, you know. And that there, I think the mindset when you deal with mistakes is understanding that they're valuable, they can teach you things, and the audience isn't as afraid as you think. Okay, but next, the next important thing to understand about mistakes is mistakes are a tool. Mistakes are a tool that you can use. And the key to, to using them correctly is understand how best to use mistakes. Okay, so to explain this, I will use a story. So there was a man named Warren Wyman who used to run security for Wizards way, way back in the day. Um, and Warren, Warren was a, is an awesome guy. I mean, he left Wizards long ago, but uh, I saw him. I saw him recently at uh, Richard Garfield's 50th birthday party, um, and Warren was doing real well. And so he, Warren, was in the army, um, and he tells a story about um, they were firing some artillery of some kind, where they were they there was like a a tank setup, you know, a, a fake a fake tank, but they were practicing. Um, and the idea was they had they had to shoot it, and they had to hit this tank. The problem was it's. It's hard to hit something, you know, that when you have this big giant artillery gun thing, it's not easy to hit something. Um, and so what the instructor taught them is, if the first time you shoot, you shoot short, the next time, you better shoot long. And let me explain what that means, because it's a very important point. What he meant was, you're going to fire and you're going to miss. You know, you're not going to hit the target the first time. That's rare that you do. But... You want to use your mistakes as a tool to help you get better faster. So what the, what you're saying was, the best information you can get if you are firing at this tank, if you shoot short again, you don't learn nearly as much as if you shoot long. If you miss the tank, now you have two points in which you know this is short and this is long, and I know the tank's in between it. If I shoot short and then shoot short again, I haven't learned as much. I just know that I, I still have more to go. Um, and so I say this to my design teams, which is, when you're committing to something, figure out where you're at. And most times what happens is, usually when people try to do something, they underdo it. That, that's the most common mistake, is they're trying something new, and they don't do it enough. Um, and so one of the things I always push my teams on is, um, air, there's nothing wrong with erring in excess when you are trying to figure things out. That doing something too much in a lot of ways, is a better teacher sometimes than not doing enough. Not doing enough says, oh, I have to do more, but doing too much usually says, what increment do I need to do to get there? And by overshooting, you also tend to learn more because you experience it. Like one of the problems with undershooting, let's say I'm doing a mechanic and I undershoot it. I might not even experience that new thing. If I overshoot it, okay, it dominates the game, it's too much, it has too much impact on the game, but at least I get a chance to see it. 
Um, and so one of the things, I, mistakes are a valuable tool that you can use, and you want to think about them as a tool. Like one of, one of my big lessons of today is stop thinking of mistakes. I think too many people think of mistakes as uh, as a negative outcome, which is you know as a of of the bad things that can happen. What is the worst? Oh, I can make a mistake. As if like it's a bad outcome. That's what a mistake is. And what I'm saying is mistakes are a natural part of the creative process. You know, um, I mean, there's a there's a fa- I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but there's a famous quote that says, "Never made a mistake. Well, then you've never taken a risk." You know, that if you, that the act of trying something, of creating something, is the act of taking risks. And the act of taking risks is the act of making mistakes. You know, nothing, nothing amazing that's ever happened came without mistakes along the way. And like I said earlier, sometimes the mistakes ends up being the discovery. But even when it's not, the mistakes can be tools on the road to discovery. You know, when I look at, um, you know, when I look at different things I've done, you know, and I, exper- I look at designs I've done, and I said, you know, a lot of what happens is it's the act of trying the things that teaches me things and gets me where I need to be. And then some of the, for example, when I talk about a play test, what's a good play test? The best play test for me is where I get lots of data. That data doesn't have to be positive. In fact, a lot of negative data is a very good play test. I learn a lot from negative data. You know, that's not to say I don't learn from positive data, but the reality is, if I had a play test, and I, it could either go, eh, or go, ugh, I'll take, ugh, because I'll learn so much more from that. Having a play test where things just didn't work will teach me a lot. Having things where everything, eh, kind of worked. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't amazing. It's like, oh, that's, that's the worst. Because it's like, well, something's there. You know, it's not, it's not bad enough that I feel I, I need to just throw it away, but it's not good enough that it's quite there yet. You know, it's, it's just, it's middling. Like, in some ways, one of the worst things for a creative endeavor is have something be, be good, but not great. Because um, if something is good, you're like, oh, I don't want to throw this away. But if something is, you know, the goal is not to be just be good. The goal of any, any artistic endeavor is to be great. It's not just to be good, you know. That I, one of my quotes is, um, if everybody likes you, if everybody, if everybody likes your game, but nobody loves it, you will fail. And once again, you can apply that to uh, creative endeavors. That one of the goal is you are trying to make people love what you're doing. Now, not everybody has to love every aspect. Part of designing magic is I have a lot of different style of players, and I want to make sure every set there's something for everybody to love, for every style of player to love. But they don't all need to love the same thing. A lot of the point of the psychic graphics and a lot of the stuff we do is saying, I just want to make sure I understand who's playing and that we give each person something that they can love. Um, and part of playing it safe is the way you find things people love is by pushing boundaries. That people tend to love the outlier more than they love the average. And what I mean by that is if, you, if you're used to seeing something all the time, it's not particularly special. You know, if... If you come play a game of Magic, there's certain things you expect. And we have to deliver on those expectations because you expect it. But those ex- the things that you always have usually is not going to be the thing that stands out. Like one of the things I talk a lot about in design is, for example, the, the, the importance of novelty in that your audience is drawn to novelty. Now, you want to be careful not to be too novel. You don't want novelty for the sake of novelty. But you want to definitely have something your audience goes, wow, what is that? I've never seen that before. 
you want to make sure that your you want to make sure that your audience has something that's out of the ordinary they get a look at. Now that could be novel, that could be just pushing in some area you haven't pushed before, that could be trying something you haven't done before. Um, but part of sort of drawing attention is in the doing what you haven't done. And being conservative, being safe, doing what you've done before leads to familiar. And being risky and trying things you haven't leads to more standing out. Now, by the way, the, I'm not trying to say, by the way, my, my message of today isn't, eh, mistakes, whatever. Um, I, I want you to understand that mistakes are a tool that need to be used carefully. Um, and ideally, a, what we try to do is we try to get as many of the mistakes impossible in the design. I want to make as many mistakes during design so that I can then figure out what the right way to do this and fix them. It's never my intent to put out mistakes in the product. I don't want to. My, my point of today is not embrace mistakes as an awesome thing. My point today is don't be afraid of mistakes. That mistakes are valuable teaching tools and can help you as a means to become a better designer, creator. You know, that mistakes... My, my lesson of today is understand what mistakes can do for you, don't be afraid of them, and use them effectively. Not put mistakes. The goal is not to put mistakes in what you do. I'm not saying that you want mistakes. I'm saying that don't, the, the act of trying to avoid them causes a lot more problems. Okay, so let's talk a little about my mistakes in magic. I want to talk a little bit, like sort of things I've done and lessons I've learned and kind of demonstrate where I was able to learn something. So, one of the classic ones. Champions of Kamigawa. So I was not on the design team for Champions. I was on the development team. And during development, I said to the team, I felt the design was a little unfocused. Obviously, it was a top-down, um, you know, a Japanese theme. That, that, that was, came through in the design. But the set didn't know what it wanted to do. And so I kept asking the development team, what's the set about? What's the set about? And so finally they said, uh, it's about legendary things. That's, that's, that's one of our major themes. And so I said, okay, well, it's about legendary things, and we have to really hit that hard. So we made every rare creature in that set legendary. Um, and from this, I learned a couple important lessons. Number one, I, I learned uh, one of my quotes, and this comes from this experience, is uh, if your theme's not a common, it's not your theme. I learned the lesson of you can't do something such that it's at such a low as fan, if you will, that your audience can't see it. And what that meant is, hey, we had a theme that someone could open up 10 packs and still have no idea what the theme was. Well, that's not your theme, you know. So I learned the lesson of that something has to exist where the audience can see it. That having a theme is not the same thing as the audience being able to identify the theme. If your theme can't be identified, it isn't your theme. And that, that was an important lesson. The other thing I learned was that legendary creatures were supposed to be the special thing. And that when you take a special thing and you do too much of it, you make it less special. And the fact that every single rare creature was legendary meant we had to make a lot, a lot of bad legendary creatures. Because in every set, there's only so many good things. You know, Some of the cards, they can't all be good, especially if they're constructed. And so what we did is we took something that people had a lot of positive feelings for and made a lot of bad examples of it. And that the other lesson there was be careful how you use things that are valuable to you, that, you know, how much of something... I mean, a lot of the lessons of, of champions was understanding how much of something matters. And, like, you want your theme to be in enough volume that people get it, and you want your special stuff to be 
you know, you want your things that are supposed to be special to done in a volume that you can make them special. And then if you do too much of a special thing, some of them by nature can't be special. And so you have to be careful how much of a special thing you do. Because do too much of it, and you start to take away its specialness. Okay, in Odyssey, um, I talked before about the card disadvantage. I talked about how I was trying to take a theme, and I was, you know, trying to do something that had never been done before. And what I learned there was the lesson of um, your goal is what is uh, probably the, the, the intellect versus emotion thing I talk a lot about, which is um, that you can think about how your audience will think about your product, but you have to understand how they'll feel about your project. And what I did is I took something that was intellectually interesting. I made an interesting set, but I didn't necessarily make a fun set. You know, that interesting is not the same as fun. And that being mental and making you think about things, you know, is good, but you also emotionally, people have to want to do the thing you're making them do. You know, hey, the correct play is to throw your whole hand away to give your creature first strike, and it doesn't even want first strike. Well, not enough people wanted to do that. Yeah, there were some spikes, and it was a super spiky set, and there's people who did love it. Like, every time I talk about making a mistake, you know, Time Spiral, for example, was a mistake. A lot of people love Time Spiral. Odyssey was a mistake. A lot of people loved Odyssey. Just because it's a mistake doesn't mean everybody disliked it. But if enough disliked it, it means you made a mistake because, you know, just because somebody likes something doesn't mean it's not a mistake. If not enough people like something, you were failing some part of your audience, and you have to understand what that is. In Shadowmore, for example, I was trying to do this thing where we shifted between Lorwyn and Shadowmore. And that Lorwyn was the bright side of the world, and Shadowwyn was the dark side of the world. And so... In order to make them, the sets play together, we had this crossover in tribal. But I was trying so hard to show the shift that I shifted all the tribes. And so the tribes overlapped, overlapped in one color, but they went to a different color. And what I learned there was that I didn't make enough branching between the two sides. That I wanted you to make decks in Lorwyn, and then I wanted you to play the Shadow Morrow cards, but I didn't... I moved the themes too much. I moved the theme such that it was hard for you to play what you wanted to play with the new set. And the goal of Shadowmore and Lorwyn um, were for them to play together. And so the mistake I made there was I just shifted something too much. Um, and that was... I mean, the funny thing about Lorwyn and Shadowmore is... By the way, is the reason that it was a too many block was we were trying to solve this summer set problem. And ironically, in trying to solve that problem, we ended up... So, I mean, the two-block structure that we're, you know, two-block paradigm we're moving toward, the test case, I mean, we didn't know it was a test case at the time, was Lorwyn and Shadowmore. It demonstrated that we could do that. And that, here's this thing that we took this risk and tried to do something, and, like, our goal was not to change how magic sets got made. We were not trying to make the chocolate chip cookie, or find penicillin, or discover America. But we did, you know. And that, that's the kind of, of risk-taking, like... When I did it, you know, when I presented it, it was different. Magic had never done large, small, and then large, small, all within the context of a year. We had never done blocks like that, you know. But we tried it. And by trying it, we ended up finding something that was much richer than we could have found had we not tried it. And that's another good example of pushing boundaries ends up being something that can be very good. Um, another big mistake I made in Unhinged, um, I did what's called a gotcha mechanic. So the gotcha mechanic was... If this card was in your graveyard and you could get your opponent to do whatever the gotcha was, often it was saying a particular word. There's a cycle of common where there were two words on it, and if you said, and they were in the title, if you said one of the two words, so like Black had a kill, a kill spell called Kill Destroy. 
So if your opponent said the word kill or the word destroy, you said gotcha, and then you got it back to your hand. Um, you know, there was a whole bunch, of, I mean, uh, there was one that if you laughed, you could get it back. The one if you flicked cards. And, and so the reason, the, the problem with the gotcha mistake is, the gotcha mistake was saying, okay, well, if the opponent does something, then you can, you can gotcha them and you can get it back. But the thing I didn't figure out was, how were people going to play this mechanic? Because when we were playing it, we were trying to have fun. We weren't trying to, like, we were just like, this is fun, we're having a good time, and we weren't trying to break it, if you will. Um, and somebody, we had a playtest in which somebody played it, a guy named Rob, and Rob said, this isn't fun. Why? The correct answer is just shut down and do nothing. Don't talk, don't, you know, if I detach from you, I won't be talking, I won't be laughing, you know, so if I, I sort of shut myself in a bubble and don't interact with you, I increase my ability to never be caught by a gotcha. Okay, that's true. Is that what we wanted for an unset? Do we want to make a mechanic that said the correct way to play this is to shut down? And the answer was no. You know, that's one of the big lessons that I learned, and, and I learned this from Unhinged, is your, your players will figure out what they need to do to maximize the mechanics you give them. If the behavior that comes from maximizing them isn't behavior you like, don't do it. Because it is, it is your job to anticipate how your audience will try to maximize what you're doing, and you should give them mechanics that if they do the thing that's going to make them win, they will have a good time doing it. And the gotcha mechanic was the complete opposite of that. That if you did the gotcha mechanic and did it correctly, the game was less fun for you. That I had taken what was supposed to be the super, super fun set and made a mechanic that if you played it, you know, optimally, made it less fun for you. That is horrible. In fact, I don't get to do unsets very often, so I look back at Unhinged and I like, it's a tragedy to me. Like, oh my goodness, how did I not catch this? And the worst, I compounded my mistake. Because not only did I make the mistake, but somebody told me my mistake during design and I dismissed them. Rob said to my face, this isn't a problem, the correct answer is to shut down. And my response at the time was, no, 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 just have fun, don't shut down. You know, I just didn't listen to him. And he gave me awesome advice and I didn't listen. And that was a very, so I made two mistakes. A, I made the gotcha mechanic. The second is, I had this window where I could have caught that I made the mistake. I was given the feedback and I didn't listen to it. Um, and that's one of the things that, 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 that really has changed how I now deal with, with playtesting. That, you know, when a playtester says something, I have to really, I don't dismiss it. It's very, very easy, by the way, when you're playtesting and somebody gives you information that contradicts what you want to be true for you to get in denial mode and go, oh, no, 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 you know, oh, no, I don't need to do that, or oh, no, it's okay, or that's just one person's opinion. Um, no, that doesn't mean it needs to be changed. It, it might be one person's opinion, but you do need to look at it and explain. As I talked about in um, uh, the podcast I had done on dealing with feedback, your audience doesn't necessarily always know the answer to the feedback, but they're pretty good at knowing when something's wrong. And you want to listen when, say, when someone says something's wrong. Because even if their solution to the problem isn't the right solution, usually their problem is a, is a real problem that you need to address. So anyway, I'm almost at work today. So the thing I want to stress today, I mean, sort of the message of today is um, don't be afraid of mistakes. I'm not saying you want to make mistakes. But I'm saying mistakes will naturally happen. They are a valuable tool. They can help you. And that if you work hard to avoid them, you're cre- that itself, the act of avoiding mistakes is more dangerous than doing what you need to do where, where mistakes will happen. That the, the, 
the fear of mistakes is a far greater problem than mistakes themselves. And so my lesson of today is don't fear mistakes. Don't, don't act in a way that would avoid mistakes from happening because you feel that that's going to serve your product better. It's not. That if you don't, if you aren't willing to make a mistake, you are not going to make as good a product as if you are. So remember, don't be afraid of mistakes. Let them teach you. Let them get you to places you might not normally go. Sometimes they, they unto themselves won't even be mistakes. Um, and remember, your audience is more forgiving of them than you might realize at first blush. So anyway, I've now parked my car. So we all know what that means. This is time to end my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. Talk to you next time.